Good morning, church family. As we continue to meet lounge room to lounge room, may I say, Happy Easter to you. I guess you can only have an Easter egg hunt in your backyard and not anywhere else, but um, let's do the best we can and continue to stay in contact uh, with one another in these difficult times. There once was a small group of Russian peasant Christians meeting in secret. Their illegal worship service was suddenly interrupted by the arrival of the secret police. Take down these people's names, said the police officer, and 30 names were written down. And the people were now told to wait there in the room until they received their summons. And as the police turned to leave, an old man stopped their leader at the door and said, there's one name you've not written down yet. The officer was surprised at this. He said, look, we've recorded everyone's name. So he counted the number of people in the room, looked on his papers, 30 in each. But still the old Christian man insisted there was one name they'd not written down. Whose is it? demanded the officer. The Lord Jesus Christ came the answer. He is here. Isn't that something else? That group meeting illegally obviously knew and was experiencing the presence of the risen Lord in their difficult circumstances. And they were bold in asserting his presence. That group bore testimony to the fact that the purpose of Jesus' resurrection is to bring a new and living a hope to ordinary men and women like you, like me. Yeah, we're not gathered as one in our building this morning, but we can all say he is here. He's in your lounge room. He's in my lounge room. Yes. Let's hear again and afresh the words of the angels to the women who went to the empty tomb on that first Easter Sunday. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. And today I want us to take a brief look at several of the resurrection appearances of Jesus as they're recorded for us in the scriptures. I want us to be open and open up our whole being to receive a visit from the risen Lord who's not in the tomb, but is here. I wonder if we were busted this morning, whether we would think of recording Jesus as being present. Jesus appears to those who had crushed hopes. The stories in Luke 24, two friends of Jesus were walking along the dusty road from Jerusalem to Maus on the afternoon of the resurrection and they were downhearted. They were disappointed. Their dreams were over. All the mounting hopes of the last few days had died with Jesus on the cross. We had hoped, but Jesus had not turned out to be the all-conquering warrior king who would kick the Romans out of Judah. A stranger, now we know it's Jesus, but these two were kept from recognising him. So a stranger appeared to them as they trudged along that road. 
And he began to tell them of the stories of hope from Moses right through the prophets up into the present time. So they invited the stranger back for coffee and hot cross buns after their long dusty walk. And as they broke the buns together with this stranger, they realised that he was the risen Jesus. They knew earlier that their hearts had burned within them as they listened to him. And they raced off to tell the disciples that they had seen Jesus. Disappointment, despair, crushed hopes were turned into recognition and certainty by the risen Lord. For some today, you may be experiencing a time of disillusionment and disappointment. Life's a bit of a mystery for you at the moment. The hopes you had have just not been realised. In fact, things have turned out quite differently to what you expected. You were disappointed in Jesus, perhaps in others. In your, I had hoped for, but, can I urge you to still seek Jesus because he is here. He's drawing near to you. He will enable you to recognise him and he will bring you a real hope, an anchor for your soul. Jesus also appeared to failure. Who could forget the last sight we have of Peter on the day, the evening of the crucifixion? He boldly sworn that even if everyone else deserted Jesus, he would be found to be there right to the end. The bitter finish. But we last see Peter going off alone into the dark night, weeping bitterly after he couldn't stand the heat in the kitchen. He so easily denied any knowledge of Jesus. A few days later, he'd gone fishing and was returning to the shores of Lake Galilee. And there on the shores was the Lord Jesus Christ making breakfast for Peter and his fishing mates. And he invites the broken, repentant Peter back onto the team. He restores him to ministry. Take care of my sheep. The truth for those who are feeling a failure this morning, who feel that they've let Jesus, uh, let Jesus down or someone else down, even let yourself down, Jesus is here. He's here to personally visit you with forgiveness and reconciliation and to restore you to service for him. Jesus also appeared to love and devotion. Even before the sunrise on that first Easter Sunday, the women had packed the spices and were heading off to the tomb to finish embalming Jesus' body. They were devoted to him. This was a task they could not complete because the Sabbath came. So Mary Magdalene was one of these women. She'd been at the foot of the cross when Jesus died. She was there when they laid Jesus in the tomb. And now she was at the tomb at the crack of dawn, the first light of the day. Even though the women were expecting to find Jesus in the grave, they still went there with great love and devotion to minister to him. To, to complete um, the burial with spices. These women, the only claim they had on Jesus was their love and their devotion. 
And Matthew's Gospel tells us in chapter 28 that two men, two angels uh, had been there and then Jesus appeared to them. Then they came to him, clasped his feet and worshipped him. If you are here this morning and all you can claim fame for is your love and devotion for Jesus, who's given you everything, he's here to draw worship from you. Jesus also appears to doubt. Now, Thomas was not with the disciples in the upper room when Jesus first appeared to them. And when the disciples told him that they'd seen Jesus, he just didn't believe them. He didn't believe their word of testimony. And it seems to me, though, that the doubt that Thomas had was a passionate and desperate thing. He wanted to commit himself. He wanted to believe in Jesus. Actually, he only wanted the same evidence that the other disciples had seen, the pierced hands and feet. And Jesus appeared to him to bring certain belief, to bring out this awesome confession, my Lord and my God. Maybe as you sit here right now this morning, you've got some genuine doubts about some aspect of God and the Christian faith. You've got some genuine questionings that are kind of getting in the road of your belief, but you have a desire to continue in faith. Jesus is here to nurture your faith in the face of your doubt, in the faith of your questioning, in the face of your questionings. Jesus also appeared to a bitter enemy, recorded for us in the book of Acts. Saul took Jesus seriously enough to hate him and his followers. Saul did not sit on the proverbial fence. He was not indifferent or apathetic. He was aggressively opposed to Jesus and he persecuted followers of Jesus, we read. But the risen Lord broke into his life and changed him into a follower of his own. This, of course, is the story of the conversion of Saul and he became known as the Apostle Paul. We have all his letters to the churches in our Bibles. Maybe, just maybe, there is someone listening this morning who's pitching a running battle against Jesus, against his followers. Maybe you've seen Jesus change someone else's life or you know that Jesus is beginning to disturb your own life and you're resisting it. Remember, Jesus is here. Perhaps to confront you and break down the barriers of your opposition. Jesus also appears to crippling fear. The scriptures record for us, John's Gospel, that on the evening of that first Easter Sunday, the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear, fear of the Jews. Though trained and taught by Jesus, they didn't know what to say. Though they'd been with Jesus on his ministry for three years, they now sat afraid. They were timid soldiers, reluctant warriors and speechless messengers. 
their most courageous thing was to get up and lock the door. They remembered the promises they made to Jesus, but their boasts of bravado, their declarations of devotion lay broken and shattered at the gate of Gethsemane's garden. But here, in their moment of fear, in their moment of loss, they're together, I think because they couldn't forget who Jesus was. A group of frightened men in an upper room, paralysed by their fears. I reckon one of the disciples mumbled what everybody was thinking. It, it, it's, it's just no use. Our leader is dead and gone. And at that moment they hear a voice. Peace be with you. Every head lifted, every eye turned, every mouth dropped wide open. They looked at the still locked door. It was a moment the disciples would never forget. A story they would never cease to tell as the book of Acts tells us. The stone of the tomb was not enough to keep Jesus in. The walls of the room were not enough to keep him out. The one betrayed sought his frightened, bewildered betrayers. What did he say to them? He didn't say, oh, you're a bunch of no-hoping flops. He didn't say, oh, I told you so. And he could have. He could have reminded them that he told them all before the cross that they would desert him. He didn't say, oh, where were you when I needed you? And that all began in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus was praying before the cross. No, just one phrase. Peace be with you. The very thing they didn't have was the very thing that Jesus, the risen Lord, offered. Peace. That appearance and those words of Jesus turned those timid disciples into bold and fearless witnesses of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. The church was born from a group of paralysed believers. They turned the world upside down, the book of Acts tells us. As a church, with a mandate to take the good news of Jesus Christ into our neighbourhoods, into our families, into this city, this nation and into the world. Are we sitting paralysed with fear? Oh sure, we're gathered now still believing in Jesus, but are we timid in our living and sharing of all that Jesus has taught us when we're out there in the world? What can change us? The non-condemning presence of Jesus speaking to our hearts. Peace be with you. Am I? Are you? Are we together open to let the risen Lord turn our fear and timidity into boldness? He is alive. He is risen. And he is here. Do you need a fresh personal discovery of that this morning? That God can make a difference in your life in the resurrected Jesus. John Bailey wrote about the things we believe with the top of our minds and those we believe 
from the bottom of our hearts. Good Friday, Easter Sunday, speak of realities which demand the second kind of believing from the bottom of our heart. The risen Lord Jesus Christ gives this invitation to us as a church this morning, to us as individuals in the church. Revelation 3.20, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Wow. The invitation is to those who feared that they failed their Lord in some way. To those whose fears are great. To those whose hopes have been dashed or crushed. To those who are just simply devoted to Jesus in love. To those who are doubting and asking questions. And the invitation is there for those who are resistant to Jesus. Open the door of your heart and enjoy a meal with Jesus. Enjoy fellowship with Jesus. He is here.